Grace to you and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is today's gospel from St. John's Gospel, chapter 15. I'll share with you again these words of our Savior. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. This is the word of our God. In the name of the true vine, Jesus Christ, dear fellow branches, when I was a kid, my dad liked to make wine, which he affectionately referred to as squeezins. And for a long time, he simply bought the grapes that he would use, he would crush to make that wine. But then one year, he decided he wanted to plant his own grapevines. And so he did that. He put up two big, long rows of grapevines in our backyard. We had a pretty good-sized backyard. So I would say those, those rows of vines were 75 to 100 feet long each. And then he spent the next several years cultivating those vines, taking good care of them, so that they would produce a good crop. And he would use that, those grapes to make his wine. When I was about 10 years old, my parents realized that there just, just weren't many little kids my age in the neighborhood for me to play with, and so they decided to move. They moved just about a, a mile and a half, two miles to the other side of town, to a neighborhood that had more kids. Uh, not long after we moved, we took a drive past the old place to just to see what was going on over there. To my dad's shock and horror, the new owners had hacked up and cut down all of his beautiful grapevines that he had worked so hard on. And I remember how my dad was just kind of sick to his stomach about it. He just thought it was a terrible waste of those beautiful vines, those beautiful grapes, and all the effort that he had put in. Our Lord Jesus tells us today that he is the vine and we are his branches. And our God is the gardener who's put in a lot of time and energy and effort cultivating that relationship between us and our Lord Jesus. He has planted us. He's grafted us into the vine. And from that vine, Jesus Christ, we draw our spiritual strength now and forever. How sad it makes our Heavenly Father when a branch loses connection to the true vine. In the portion of God's Word before us this morning, our God strongly encourages us to stay connected to the vine. He planted us in that vine. He prunes us so that we remain healthy. And he enables us by the power of the Spirit to be productive all to his glory. All of you here today are currently alive. Shocking, I know. I realize that you realize you're, you're breathing and your heart's beating and all those kinds of things, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is that you have spiritual life in you. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, you are alive spiritually. How did this happen? It was no accident. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Jesus' disciples were clean in his sight. They were holy and pure and innocent through faith in Jesus Christ. Faith worked in them by the word of God. We sang it already this morning. We know it well. Faith comes from hearing the message. The word worked faith in Jesus in those disciples' hearts. It grafted them, connected them to the vine Jesus Christ. And here we are a couple of thousand years later, and the same thing has happened for us. The same powerful word has gone to work in our hearts and connected us to our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the Spirit 
Spirit works through that word that we hear and read and study. And he also works through the word that we see and taste and touch. He works through the word in baptism and Holy Communion. Through that gospel message in both word and sacrament, the Spirit connects us to Jesus. Because of that gospel, we know who our Savior is. We trust in the forgiveness and eternal life that he has won for us. We rely on him for every grace and blessing. Obviously, that connection to our Lord Jesus by faith is something that's crucial, extremely important. Because without that connection of faith, we are nothing but dead branches destined to be thrown onto the burn pile. So it's amazing, isn't it, sometimes how careless we can be with maintaining that connection. We're careful with lots of things in life, right? We carefully manage our finances, our portfolios. We care for our bodies through diet and exercise and medical care. Uh, we maintain our cars and our homes and our worldly possessions. We work hard at our relationships with those we love, with our friends and relatives. But often, sadly, we neglect the most important relationship that we have or could ever have. And that's our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Often pews sit empty and Bibles are just absolutely in pristine shape and catechisms remain closed once confirmation classes are done. And even when we are sitting in a pew or have that open Bible on our lap or are reading our copy of Meditations or whatever, at times we just aren't listening because there's so much noise out there in the world around us and in our own hearts. There are so many distractions. Jesus once said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But often in our laziness, in our apathy, in our distractedness, we just simply aren't really listening to him. This is a very big deal because St. Peter tells us that we need to grow. He says, grow in the grace and knowledge of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But often, the attitude of our sinful natures, the attitude of our hearts is, well, I know what I need to know. I know all that stuff. I know enough already. Jesus loves me. This I know, and this is all I need to know. That's plenty. But here's the thing, my friends. If your faith in Jesus is not growing and maturing, then most likely it's going in the opposite direction, and it's actually dying. Let me ask you, what do you do with the dead branches that you find in your yard that have fallen off the trees? Yesterday, I raked up a bunch of dead branches in our yard, put them in a barrel, uh, which I'm going to put out to the road later or take over to the recycle center. Maybe you do the same thing, or maybe you gather them up and use them for kindling for your backyard fire pit or something like that, but they're not good for much of anything because they are dead branches. Listen, listen to the sobering words of our Savior. He says, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Those who don't remain in Jesus, those who lose their saving faith in him, no doubt about it, will spend an eternity burning in hell. Our God's message to us today is a serious one, isn't it? Our Lord Jesus pleads with us, remain in me. My friends, don't take your connection to the Lord Jesus Christ for granted. Don't neglect your faith. Feed it. Feed it with God's word and supper. Keep on growing in Christ. You see, 
If we lose our faith in him, then we lose our spiritual life. If we lose our faith in him, then we lose all the blessings that he won for us, forgiveness and life and salvation. If we lose our faith in Jesus, my friends, then finally we have lost everything. And that's why the heavenly gardener is so very diligent and careful to prune us. Now, you've probably seen somebody out in their front yard pruning a a bush or something like that. Maybe you've done the same thing. And sometimes as you watch them and they just hack away at that bush, it almost seems like they're doing more harm than good because when they get done, hardly any of the bush is left. Just a little stump is there and there's nothing nothing much more than that. But here's the thing. The, The goal of that gardener is actually to preserve that plant. And so he cuts away everything that hinders that plant's growth. That's what our God does for us. He cuts away everything that hinders our growth. The things that get in the way of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. His tools are not garden shears. His tools are trouble and trial, difficulty and deprivation. I mean, sometimes he allows financial trouble into our lives so that we are reminded we cannot cling to the things of this world that we need to rely instead on him for our security. At times he sends sickness into our lives so that we are reminded just how fleeting life in this world is and so that we look to him for everything that we need, so that we focus on spiritual, eternal things. Sometimes our God drives us right down onto our knees with suffering so that we are forced to remember that we cannot do it by our own strength, that we need our God, that we need to rely on him. And it's at times like these when we ask the question, why? Why, Lord? Why did I get sick? Why did I lose my job? Why did my spouse leave me? Why do we always have to struggle so to make ends meet? Why, if you're a loving God, would you allow this to happen to me, your child? And of course, it's precisely because he loves us that our God allows these things to happen. The scriptures tell us the Lord disciplines those he loves. In the Proverbs, we learn that wounds from a friend can be trusted. Well, no one loves us more than our God. No one is our greater friend than him. His wounds for us are always for our good. He disciplines us because he loves us again. His goal is to prune away everything that gets in the way of our relationship with Jesus so that we remain spiritually strong and healthy and productive. Productive. Jesus talks about that. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will, notice not may, not might, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Those who remain in Jesus Christ, that is, those who believe in him, bear fruit. What is the fruit that Jesus is talking about? Well, it's the fruits of faith. He's talking about the good things that we do in thought and word and deed in accordance with God's word and in thanks for his love. He's talking about our response to the gospel. My friends, when we remember everything that our Lord Jesus has done for us, his incarnation in the womb of the virgin, true God became true man to save us, his perfect, sin-free, obedient life in our place, a life that counts for us as if we had lived it, his sacrificial death on the cross, the holy blood that he shed, which washes us clean of every sin, his glory, glorious resurrection on the third day by which he sealed his victory and secured our eternal life. When we remember all those
those things, then we are moved to respond. We are moved to respond with a life of love and service toward both him and our neighbor. These are the fruits of faith. Notice that I was careful to say we do these things in thanks. We do them in response to the gospel. We don't do them to earn something for ourselves. Uh, We don't do them so that God will love us. God already loves us even though we don't deserve it and are by nature unlovable. That's the kind of love that we call grace. No, good works, my friends, are not the cause of our salvation. They're the evidence that we are saved. Think of it this way, using the, the picture of the text. Grapes do not produce grapevines. It's the other way around. Grapevines produce grapes. In the same way, good works do not make you a Christian. But because you are a Christian, you do good works. It's automatic. Just as grapevines automatically produce grapes, Christians automatically produce the fruits of faith. They do this again in thanks for the gift of salvation given by our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to understand, too, that unbelievers, as nice as many of them are, cannot do this. No one can bear fruit apart from Jesus Christ. So that unbeliever, uh, no matter how much money he gives to charity, no matter how much time he spends volunteering in the soup kitchen, no matter how much good he does for his friends, his family, his nation, and no matter how much outward good that may do in our life, the benefits that it may bring us, Finally, his works are not pleasing to God because they're not done out of faith in Jesus Christ. They're kind of like that that fake plastic fruit that some people have in a bowl sitting on their dining room table. If it doesn't come from faith in Jesus Christ, then in God's eyes, it is worthless. Scripture is clear about this. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So then how do we please him? What are the works that are pleasing in the eyes of our God? Scripture gives us all kinds of instruction. I'll summarize just a few things. First of all, St. John the Baptist preached, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Our God loves it when we honestly confess our sins, trust in Christ alone for forgiveness, and then turn away from that sinful behavior. Jesus said, If you love me, you will obey what I command. God loves it when we conform our lives to his will, when we refuse to treat his Ten Commandments as if they were the Ten Suggestions. Paul wrote these beautiful words to the Galatians. He said, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God loves it when the Spirit is in the driver's seat, empowering us to be the kind of people He has made us to be. And what is our goal in producing all these fruits of faith? Jesus answers that question too. He said, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Doing these good things is not about making ourselves feel better because of all the good things we are doing, nor is it about making ourselves look good to others. Rather, it's about making our God look good to others. Jesus put it this way. He said, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds, your fruits of faith, and praise your Father in heaven. Apart from faith in Jesus Christ, we cannot do that. We can do 
nothing. But my friends, with him and through faith in him, we can do truly amazing things. As Paul said, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. We humble branches draw our strength, draw our life from Jesus, the true vine. Our God in his grace has planted us in Jesus. He prunes us for our eternal good. And he empowers us to produce the fruits of faith to his glory. What a joy it is to live this life. What a joy it is to be living branches grafted into the true vine. What a joy it is, my friends, to thrive in our Lord Jesus Christ. By the Spirit's power, stay connected to him. God grant that to us all for Jesus' sake. Amen.